handy how dandy they're... music stand right there, people. Oh, that was a perfect chance to say handy dandy music standy. Oh, you're right. Well, you said it. So there <laughs> oh, you go. Yeah, perfect. Play that. Uh, play that theme song for us. background and that ambient music to our soundtrack you know jared doing what we do coming to you from the porch podcast number like 10 or something like that i think somewhere around there hello and welcome to the untranslatable podcast we are here recording episode 220 the big 220 coming to you uh, to talk about imposter syndrome today uh, for those of you who are unaware of what that is, you'll have a lot to learn this episode. I'm sure Jared and I both have a lot to learn uh, throughout our discussion today regarding imposter syndrome. So we're very excited to talk to you guys, uh, to all of you wonderful folks out there today about imposter syndrome. So I gave him a thorough pat down this morning before he came in, checked his government uh, license ID, and this is the real Jared. So I am very happy uh, to introduce my co-host, mm. my partner in crime, my good buddy Jared. What's going on, the real Jared? Hi, hi, Chad. What you don't know is much like Jason Bourne. I just travel around with about forty-six different passports. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it did say Jared, Jared, which is my name. Uh, but I, uh, you didn't notice that it was also a Belgian passport for some reason. That well, didn't. Well, strike you know, you you, as, you uh, can odd. speak some French. So. That's true. Bonjour. Uh, J'habite uh, uh, in Belgium. Belgium. See, it's not perfect, but it's been a while. I'm an expat in the U.S. <laughs> um, please, uh, and I, but I'm not an imposter. That's all true. Please uh, spread a little love. Follow us on Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast. It is an overcast day today, uh, and it actually is. I don't think it's going to get sunny in 30 seconds, but who knows? It is. You probably you know, just jinxed true. us. The well, sun I mean, I'll take it. Down. I'll take it. Um, you can also please Twitter Untranslatable Podcast. Can you turn me down Untrans a little bit? Untranslatable one, the number one. Untranslatable one, the number one. Thank you. Uh, I got distracted by how loud Sorry. I was. <laughs> Thought the levels. Were Chad bad. got way too comfortable, way too fast. <laughs> that is true. Well, you uh, do talk a bit louder than I do, Jared. Yeah, and that still seems to shock you for some reason. It doesn't. But uh, maybe it shocks you because uh, I talk louder than you. Yes. But I think in general you talk more than I do. Yes. So maybe that's why uh, it's hard to believe. Mm. Uh, you can also give us a uh, please, I should say. And I, you can, but, you know. Five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. I have uh, actually noticed a couple, but, uh, you know, don't be afraid to write some stuff. I'm just saying. I see the number go up, which is nice, but. Um, Baby steps, Jared. That's true. Baby steps. That's true. You know, it's 220. Maybe once we hit about 400, I could start getting a little picky. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Dude, it feels like we're living in some sort of uh, accelerated universe. What do you mean? Uh, the rate of what's happening on my social media timeline, I cannot oh, even Oh, you can't keep up, keep with, up it. with it? Yeah. Even like, you know, there's there's a bunch of big, huge stuff happening that uh, or that has happened over the past couple of weeks. But even stuff like in, in the car community that I, like there's a lot of journalists in there. And uh, there's a, a lot of drama going on in there too. One of the- Drama um, about what? 
one of the big YouTube chan- uh, car channels, Petrolicious, a couple weeks ago, the CEO and founder of it, it's like a pretty big channel, but it's like an artsy kind of car thing. They show off a lot of old, cool cars, and and, and they kind of put these little stories with them. Oh, cool. Um, the guy was talking about, he was like, I, I, I'm way out of frame, getting all chill here. He was... Um, talking about like um how like black lives like the protests were just like uh like he was just saying some i guess racist stuff as you could you could say and um a lot of other journalists were calling him out calling him racist and i'm like whoa this is crazy did he get canceled uh yeah i guess so i guess he did he put out a uh half-hearted apology was a Mm. of course a terrible apology i'm really bad at this and um People and journalists were like, that's terrible, that's not good enough. And uh, this is not his main uh, source of income. I think he's he got rich for doing something else. I don't even think he really makes money off of this, even though he has a good bit of followers. Um, so um, so he just stepped down. He's like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> so I guess he did get canceled. Okay. Um, but, uh, but he, so that was, but that was, he actually just stepped down, like, uh, I think, last like a couple days ago actually and this all started a couple weeks ago then also this uh this other journalist who is a woman was talking about how they were at a launch of a car and this one guy uh, this one journalist and he's a race car driver too his, uh i mean his name's randy popes it doesn't matter i'm the only car nerd here. right um he um she was talking about how he came up to her and, and he was talking about how she probably doesn't even know how to drive manuals like do you even know how to drive these cars and there were a bunch of dudes there and she's like i didn't see him say that to anyone else but she kept but he said that to me mm. and then he, uh, it was uh, it was just a whole thing but it's just like um it almost seems i mean to, that does come off pretty sexist i'm not gonna oh uh, it, it does, seemed like it yeah. definitely seemed like it was i wasn't trying to blow it off like it wasn't but it's just, uh yeah no it definitely seemed like it was and it didn't help because she brought this up and she's brought it up in a better way than i did but then he's like uh he responded on twitter he's like do i do uh, excuse me do i know you he's like and he he was super condescending and he, had, he was kind of insulting i feel her. like that that does worse for your case doesn't yeah it? no it didn't help it didn't help um and then actually incidentally i mean this was recorded way way before but he a video he was in a youtube video of another youtube guy that's i don't think that guy's problematic but about uh women in the auto industry <laughs> Ooh, that's not a good look that's always like when you see certain, <laughs> like the timing how does that right. happen that's kind of like too when you see certain certain tweets from certain individuals uh, and don't age very well. It's wow. always really funny to see that. I think. I think I know what you're talking about. Yep. And uh, I also think uh, if you're, um, and I believe you're talking about Herman Cain. Yes. Republican. Yes. Um, Republican. What, what? I don't even know what he does right, well, in politics. For, look, first of all, I I know you might give me some flack for this, but look, regardless of the situation, I will say. Rest in peace. I do feel bad for his fen- friends and family, <laughs> but I love how you say I'm going to give you flack for that. <laughs> but I mean, how terrible of a person! But do you think I am? he kind of, kind of deserves a bit of a Darwin Award, doesn't he? I mean, he tweeted about not using masks. Uh, there are pictures of him at the Iowa uh, Republican, uh, whatever. And also the Tulsa rally. Yeah, the Tulsa rally. Yep. Yep. Oh, not Iowa. Tulsa, uh, yep. Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, there were pictures of him at the rally. Sitting very close to many different people not wearing a mask. Yep. And then he contracted the he contracted it. Um, I <laughs> it. forget um, I forget how many uh, It's how been many a couple of weeks. Later. 
but I, he's yeah. had it for a couple of weeks because I know he he was in the hospital for about three or four weeks, and, and he was then, on the on a ventilator yep. for a few like a at least a week, I think. Right. At least according to what they say. I, you know. Right. But the the funny thing is too about this, you know, yes, it's a tragedy that someone passed away or died. Okay, but the the ironic thing here is, like we said, his tweets. They did not age very well at all, and it's, it's. <laughs> what oh, were his man. tweets, Chad? His he said something about you know people are fed up and sick of wearing masks. It's a hoax, and if you look at any other country in the world right now, they are still wearing masks in a lot of different capacities. I have a friend; uh, she has been in Indonesia. Um, well, she was a fellow in Indonesia and has stayed, and she's been there for six months now. So she had to get like a special visa. She's act, or no, is she in Thailand now? Either way, she's in she's in Asia. They they don't have many uh, cases in the country she's currently living in, um, but they still wear masks. Mm. Hmm. I wonder why that is. Hmm. Right. <laughs> and here, you know, we still there are so many Americans we can't convince to wear masks. And speaking of social media, Jared, I saw. Uh, a few days ago on social media, a campaign for people. This is this is so ironic. Campaign for people anti-mask selling masks. Yeah, I've seen so, that with so, like uh, yeah, like um, all sorts of. I don't, I don't even know what. The, do you know what the like you're, like are? you're infringing my freedoms making yeah. you wear this mask yeah. and like stuff. And the like funny that. thing is, a lot of people that the other people the people that are wearing a mask are like, that's fine. We're just happy that you're wearing a mask. Exactly. Um, back to Herman Cain though. Yeah. Um, the thing about social media though is social media is ruthless oh for sure it is it like the internet in general is very ruthless the, the internet does not care about anything or anyone's death now there right. honestly or feelings either I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna lie i started to roll my eyes a little bit at these at these people um that were like uh even though i don't uh, i don't support we have we don't have any of the same views he is a human and rest in peace and all that stuff right i mean and i said that myself in my head <laughs> I, I i know you did in my head you don't have to say anything <laughs> right. right. I mean, now maybe now maybe if we're gonna uh, spend a uh, a portion of our podcast then subsequently shitting on on it, maybe we should say listen. Listen, we recognize that it's bad, I guess. But just on right. social media, you don't have to say anything, I guess. Right. Really. But then they're also, for example, so he did have a tweet that was essentially saying uh, the COVID nineteen is a hoax and don't believe people on all that stuff. And then someone hit him with the uh the this you tweet and the this you was just a uh a uh, casket oh. <laughs> oh. oh man oh wow and i'm like listen i i i don't even know what to feel anymore because right. <laughs> i like i i'm above no one because right. i laughed too I was right <laughs> right i mean you look if if heaven and hell exists, you and I are probably going to hell. Let's let's be honest. Uh, yeah, but I'm not concerned. After <laughs> after after laughing at that, probably yeah. But uh, yeah, but the thing is, most Christians probably are too. With this, right. if we're using the proper True. logic, aren't aren't they? I don't know. What's the I, criteria? I'm not, I'm not sure either. That's a, that's a whole another discussion for a whole another episode. <laughs> but, Jared, yeah, but it, yeah, it it is it is just um, it's hard to feel bad for these people when they say things like this, and then it's. It's uh, almost like it's kind of like karma if you believe in karma. A well, this is bit. part of the reason why I feel like we're sort of living in a parody. It's because right. stuff like this is happening. Right. <laughs> it's like this can't be real. And it, and it could like, easily, so easily be avoided. Yeah. It's like if there was like a flu outbreak, which happens, by the right. way, there was one at our we school. We shut down our campus. Yeah. For a few days. Which right. I didn't. Did you get the flu then? I didn't. Me neither. I didn't. Um, 
and uh, and but Guardo did, but I mean, Brad college and I did not. college is a breeding ground, though. That's for, true. I mean, but you're the living thing is, in close quarters. It's like if there was a flu outbreak, like would people be this 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for? This this uh, careless? Right. I don't know. I don't get it. I just right. don't get it. I think I think a lot of it is because of the way. The way it's happened. What I mean by that is the government just shutting things down and telling people you can't go to work. And then a lot of people, even people who lost their jobs, it's been difficult for them to collect unemployment, right? Yeah. So, um, and, you know, I think a lot of people, if they don't know someone who's been, uh, like, firsthand affected by this, like, gotten sick... Or, or know someone who died. Sure. People people don't think it exists, right? Yeah. They think it's or they it's, like it's liberal. That, it's like, liberal media bias. Or you know. someone got it and they like barely had any symptoms, right? Quote unquote. Or they were yeah, or they were fine exactly. Yeah. But we don't know yet the long term. You know, we really don't. Yeah. Even for Dude. the people that were fine, you know, five ten years from now, who knows? I can't imagine going out like that. Right. The I cannot imagine. Going out like that, like like, and not 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 by the not by COVID nineteen. I mean that that that's a tragedy, obviously. But I can't sure. go, I can't imagine going out and till the very end, essentially, because there were there were tweets that his you know he doesn't run his Twitter probably, but there right. were tweets that his like people were putting out in his Twitter while he was on a ventilator talking about how it was a hoax. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. And I I just cannot. I have no words like for that. that. Yeah, I so, just have no words. Let me ask you this, Chad. I have two options for you. Okay. Uh, go out like that, or would you, these are the risks that, would you be willing to take that risk, mm-hmm. calling out COVID-19, saying it's a risk, or would you rather take the risk of flying on an uh, autonomous airplane? So calling, calling it a hoax or flying on an autonomous airplane is it, what you're saying. If you, if you had to die from being the, one of the first people to fly on an autonomous airplane. Or, or if you had to the die. the people to call it a hoax. Or if you died by ap- while calling the coronavirus oh, airplane, airplane, airplane. <laughs> Number one, Jared, if, the, if that autonomous flying plane goes down, I hate, I hate to be morbid here, but it's probably going to be a quick death. That's true. You that's know, a great point. Three weeks that's on a, a ventilator point. sounds like agony. That's a great terrible. point. That's not a. That's not a. Gr- that's probably not a, 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 a ideal way to go out. Right. I mean, ideal. That's a terrible. Way I mean, to there's. Up, I, I don't think any way is a good way to go out unless unless you've you lived make a full a life. Very good point. <laughs> you Did you hear it. though yeah. that Airbus? Uh, they just completed a successful taxi landing and and sort of like the process of a flight, not a full flight, with an autonomous airplane. I did not. Tell me more yeah. about it, Jared. Sounds um, interesting. This can actually be hey shout out, yeah for sure because this is um, spread a little love because I love technology and I think this stuff is cool. First of all, before we get into this, well no, no let's let's get into it first and then I'll ask you uh, the obvious question. Okay, um, Airbus self flying plane just completed and successfully and compl- uh, just uh, Airbus Air oh. I see the problem. Airbus's flying plane just completed successful taxi takeoff and landing test, opening the door for fully autonomous flights. Um, Airbus just for pilots. Airbus just completed its autonomous taxi takeoff and landing project that saw one of its jets perform normal. Uh, normally pilot flown maneuvers entirely on its own. The That's Air, crazy. The A350-1000XWB, this big-ass plane, this is a right. huge plane. A giant. That looks probably like a international, like a Europe to America. I would say so, yeah. Um, 
uh, acted as the test bed for the project in its uh, role as Airbus's flagship with onboard cameras assisting in the new technology. The project's successful completion opens the door for fully autonomous flights as uh, autopilots already handle most of, or autopilot already handles most of right. the functions while airborne. I, I would assume though you're I think what will happen then if if this really becomes a thing in the next 5, 10, 20 years, you won't see pilots anymore but you'll see like a like a Autonomous flight engineer will be the mm. person that's in the cockpit, or or maybe they don't even need to be in the cockpit. Who knows? See that? See that kind of feels like it would d- defeat the purpose then, because then it's someone that you probably have to pay even more. But you need to. They, they have but to I'm know assuming how the you need to troubleshoot a, it, right? Because I mean, these there's no way these self maybe. So what's the point of autonomous, Chad? But I, when you think of autonomous cars, mm-hmm. there's not some. I, I, now, obviously, the risk, quote unquote, is a little lower, I guess. Uh-huh. But if you think of autonomous cars, the ideal autonomous car does not have some engineer there just in case a computer right. That's b- breaks true. down. That's true. That's not what these sort of autonomous future yeah, looks like right. with cars. You're, you're right. I feel like if I you, just feel apprehensive <laughs> going in a plane that if there's any technological difficulties, hmm. that thing goes down. Now, I wonder. Uh, now, obviously, I knew I was going to bring this up, so I had some time to think about this. I do think about like um, maybe uh, flight attendants having some rudimentary flight abilities, like landing takeoff abilities. Okay. Yeah. So maybe they're emergency not emergency landing. Maybe, maybe they're too. not like fully trained as pilots. I don't know, but but they they're at least like trained in simulators, and they like maybe take them out there once in a like once in a while and just simulate. Uh, not taking off, I guess, but really just landing. Like you don't really need to take off. If you can't take off, then right. <laughs> there's already a problem. True. So, um, but but no, you can't have an engineer because that to me defeats the purpose. Now I'm like now maybe there's an engineer on this one, but I'm saying right. in general that def- let's read a little bit more. But okay. um, I'm gonna say fully autonomous, no one on there. How would you feel about that? Nervous. Definitely the common nervous. belief with airplanes is that they fly themselves after takeoff thanks to autopilot, and pilots can sit back and relax for most of the flight. But Airbus just took the that idea to the next level of, after proving a passenger jet can perform complex maneuvers without any pi- pilot input. Now, uh, the European manufacturer just completed flight testing for its autonomous taxi takeoff. All right, I said that. Now, the thing to me, it seems like this should be easier than autonomous cars. The adoption rate, mm. first of all, there's way less stuff to run into. Right. Um, right. It's way easier to avoid uh, a plane. And it's and the, the idea, the problem for me with autonomous cars is the sort of half adoption, mm-hmm. where there are full autonomous cars on the road, but can they, can they properly adjust for the unexpected that's bound to happen by being surrounded by effing idiots? You right, know? right. And, and deer running out in the road, that's a big Michigan problem if you're driving. Right. You know? like, yeah. I, like I saw an accident that happened with a Tesla recently where... Um, the Tesla was using autopilot, and a semi truck. It wasn't changing lanes, but you know how a trailer sometimes gets yep. a little wavy, mm-hmm. and it sort of veered into the Tesla's lane Uh-oh. a little bit. It, okay. And the Tesla, um, uh, pro- seemed it seemed like smartly sort of slam, like not slam, but like hit the brakes, okay. and it seemed like that was the right thing to do. But it, the truck wasn't going to hit the car, right? Like in my mind, if right. it, like if I were driving, I, like I'd be like, oh whoa! But it, I didn't feel like it was going to hit it. But then there was a car coming from behind at a pretty. He was go. The person driving the other cars was definitely in the wrong, going way too fast. Mm-hmm. And then they changed lanes, not realizing that the Tesla was about to slow down. 
and ran into the back of the Tesla. Ooh, and yeah. it's like, I feel like stuff like this can be avoided. Yeah. And even though this isn't really the Tesla's fault, it's like, this is why this sort of, like, this it's is why not all figured I, I feel out. like, and you can't, and the thing is, you can't really, people don't just have the money to adopt autonomous cars, you know? First, like, it's it's not just, like, it, right, we it can't takes force a, everyone. Right, yeah. and the average right. age of cars is, like, 11, 12 years old, you know? Mm-hmm. So people aren't rushing to get new cars. But I think airplanes, obviously, there's, you know, there's a bigger budget to buy them, even though they're not buying new pl- airplanes all the time. But also, it seems easier to fly um, in the air with other planes that are not autonomous and mm-hmm. not run into them, you know? Right. Especially at the commercial level. Would I want to do it? I mean, I wouldn't want to be the, one of the first ones, but I don't think it would. I don't think I. I don't think it would make me nervous. I think I. I, I would. I. I would do it. I think what would what would be fascinating would be do a test where you have an autonomous plane and a non-autonomous plane, and you have passengers ride them, and you have passengers ride them. I think our. Oh, all right. Then go back inside. Chaz dog is. Um, yep. She can't make a can't, decision. Yeah. Yep, can't decide if she wants to go in or out. Um, but yeah, anyways, so uh, it would be really interesting to give like do some tests and see if people knew if they were able to tell if they were on an autonomous plane or not. Did they do that? Mm, no, I'm I, I I'm sure they I'm sure they have sort of that sort of market research behind the scenes. Right. You know, it's funny that you say that because I did think about something that I wonder would have would probably have the most effect on my comfort. Mm-hmm. Is not getting that that sp- that pilot spiel that you get at the beginning of the flight. Mm. Welcome to flight seventy six forty two going to Dallas. <laughs> I'm pilot Jones sitting here. That's that's pilot. how they do it in in, in the <laughs> states. But it's also really funny to see how flights from other countries. How do they do the it crew. in Asia? Because I feel like that's how they do it in at least in China. Because I feel like that's how they do it in Europe too. I mean, it's it's similar, but it's I feel like in the states it's a bit more monotone. Okay. But maybe that's just my ear, and I'm hearing a different language. Forty six degrees and cloudy where we're landing. We'll be there in two and a half hours. <laughs> right. uh, but I bet choppy you, about halfway. So here's here's the question. <laughs> then do you get uh, an automated like we will be landing in? Yeah. See, that's that's creepy. No, I don't like that. You know, yeah. Dude, I don't be... even <laughs> I don't even like having the the sound on on my navigation on my Google right. Maps. I would not like that. That well, would make if, me more uncomfortable than nothing, could, I feel like. You know, if you're in like an Because they have screens. They probably have screens, so you could right. just see that all that information. Also. But you know what would be funny is if you could select the accent on the screen for your headphones. <laughs> you right, like so? a British, Right, exactly. <laughs> or an Aussie. Oi! <laughs> Oi, mate! Oh, that would be hilarious. That would be awesome. You know, they, I wonder if they could do that. Sort of, they, they probably could, like pre like they could hire people right, so you, you could have like uh, and, yeah so yeah. maybe you could have like hugh jackman could be the australian that would be pretty or cool. you could have like i don't know dame judy dench do right. or something right. i don't know hello uh, i don't know you could have like but uh, i feel like not having a voice would morgan be a, freeman would be uh, <laughs> i don't know if i want a grandfatherly voice no offense i don't know that's <laughs> <laughs> even though Speak his for yourself, voice is very Jared. comforting but i don't know if that's the voice i'd want to hear uh, I, I don't know. I don't know because his voice is a little. I, I need a voice a Gilbert little more. Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do his voice. Oh yeah. my gosh, that'd be hilarious. People were like, "Give me off of this thing, right?" <laughs> yep. How do you fly this thing? Um, yeah. So that's I, a that's a really cool uh, travel option, though potentially autonomous flying. Do you think? Do you think Air it's going to be an option or just the thing? 
I think in the future it will probably be. I the think thing. so too. I think it'll I'm be. Sure. The, I I I, sure. I would venture to guess it would be the thing before autonomous cars right. would be the thing. That's true. You heard you heard it here first, people. It that's will be my a thing, yeah. Uh, that's my that's my. I'm calling it right here. So I I have one shout out for today as well, Jared. And uh, mine is also it's not really tech based, but it is definitely transport based. Uh, and France is hoping to launch uh, railway highways for a greener economy. What this means is they're going to start shipping goods via train instead of highway with with a car. Uh, but, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense if you really think about it. Wait, what do you mean? Oh, you mean instead of using, like, semi-trucks? Yeah, exactly. Oh, you said so, instead so of right a car. Here. Yeah, so this, is, <laughs> right, so this is according to Reuters. Uh, so France's prime minister vowed on Monday to develop a railway highway to carry food and other goods that now only go by truck, part of a government push to reduce the country's carbon footprint. Now, I wonder, and, and on, on the surface, that sounds great to me, but I honestly wonder... How much more, uh, like how green? How much greener is that? Because it's semis. Still, yeah, because it still uses like it like it still uses a substantial amount of energy. I don't know how their electricity is like where their electricity comes from. I don't know like like even like the infrastructure to build all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do wonder. And now maybe this is a long-term thing. So maybe like, I don't know. I'm sure there's, there's. I mean, I hope they have someone that could be like, oh, after, I don't know, 20 years, you'll see a payoff in right. in, in, in the uh, sort of environmental impact. Well, listen to this, Jared. So uh, so this is, the idea is to, I guess, link the wholesale I'm market still listening, but this is really in Paris. You're good. Uh, to link the wholesale market in Paris to the southern city of, I'm going to say this wrong, Pepignon would reopen, uh, and then right here, the line, the the future goal is to connect a broader European line between Antwerp, Belgium, and Barcelona, Spain. Um, so I think that's awesome, though. I think it's a great idea to see. You know, I mean, freight trains I think can carry a lot of goods, and and I'm not sure what the what the actual energy statistics are, Jared. That's a great question, mm-hmm. but I think at least from my understanding of I mean, a lot of countries have, you know, electric-powered trains now, and it seems like um, this could be a great way in the future. Sure, um, sure. So, I, yeah. I think the only thing it comes... I, I, not the only thing, but I think it really does... Uh, a big part of it would be where you get your electricity from. Oh, for You know, that's sure. what they say a lot here, where it's like, yeah, you get the ele- the electric car and you plug it in, but, like, a lot of electricity is still made by coal or whatever. Right. But I feel like a lot of... European countries, a lot of non-American countries seem to have a better focus on sustainability, which right. obviously I guess that would be a part sure. of it. Um, let's, let's get into I some, think it's time, Jared. some untranslatables, the namesake time. of this podcast. That's right. Yeah. So untranslatables are idioms, phrases, proverbs, axioms. This fly does not want to go away today. Um, uh, that are not translated cleanly into English on a one-to-one basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's the beauty of idioms, Still though, Jared. There. I know it is. We're just going <laughs> to let it be, I guess. Um, that's the beauty of idioms, though, Jared, is they don't uh, literally translate you know, in, in any language. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I'll get us started today. Uh, I have two Brazilian Portuguese uh, untranslatables for you. The first one is a vida cobra. Is cobra cobra? Snake. Snake. So kind of. Mm-hmm. A vida. Oh, man. I feel like I should know what that means, but I don't. Viva la vida. Oh, to go? Viva. V- vida is life. Oh, li- oh life. yeah. Okay. A life, a life snake or the life Wait, snake. Wait, viva Las Vegas means like live Las Vegas? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, well, there you go. You learn something new every day, folks. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, okay, life, live, li- life snake. The life snake. That's not what I think it is, is it? Probably not. It's okay. not dirty or sexual, if that's what okay, you're thinking, okay. Jared. Okay. No. Um, then it's probably not what I was thinking. The life snake. The life snake. Is that like the like the the patriarch or matriarch of a family? No. Let me. Um, oh well, you know what? You could say Herman Cain was bit by the life snake. <laughs> you could say. I don't know. I still don't really know what it is, but I just sorry. I just I it, know it's kind of funny. It means karma always karma, finds that a way to collect its mm. debts. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. See, I wonder. Uh, see, that you know that actually that's something that I that I wonder about now. Like, sort of like something like that makes me wonder about afterlife. Like, right. is, is 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 there a reckoning? And not even that. Like, you just like you like you did something. Well, I mean, you did do something wrong, I guess. But mm-hmm. like, is there some sort? Is, is there some sort of moment where you have to look yourself in the mirror and be like, all right, what, what was what was that about? Right. Did, did you really think it was a hoax? Right. Well, he clearly didn't probably when he was in the hospital, but maybe he did. I don't know. Well, that's Anyways. that's what I wonder. Maybe right. he thought he got poisoned by some by some liberal operative. Right. Yeah. Who knows? You never know. Who knows? My first untranslatable is Indonesian, and it's Gak Enak Badan, and it's uh, a uh, can you? Uh, who cares? You just don't what? look. What? I don't know. I was gonna turn my screen, but oh, I'm like, I, I, mean, I can't see it. Either he can't see yeah, it from say, here at this point. Uh, not delicious body, or you could say like a bad tasting body. You know, same out thing, of shape. No, bad a, person. No, 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 no. It's it's a temporary a temporary thing, uh, but it is sort of similar to out of shape, but it's temporary. Not. Uh, you good? I don't know. I always, I, whenever I'm out here, I'm always nervous that something's stinging me. Mm. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know if it's anxiety. Because I see some of the large things that live around here or what? No. Uh, but I'll tell you this. If I did just get stung by an Asian murder hornet, uh, at least for a couple days to weeks, I'm going to have a not delicious body. Oh, to be sick. Yeah. There to you go. Sick. Not feel okay. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. My last one is also Brazilian Portuguese, and it is Topasada. Which means, I'm sure I said that wrong, I probably said that like Spanish. Uh, so any uh, of our Brazilian Portuguese listeners out there, let us know how to properly pronounce that. You betcha. Please, untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Topasada, Jared, means I'm ironed. Oh, it's like I'm exhausted? Nope. That's a good guess, though. I'm ironed. Is it like I, I'm like? Is it like ready to go? I'm, I'm spiffy? If you, if you got stung by an Asian murder hornet, you might be ironed. Dead? Or I might be ironed. <laughs> Um, not feeling well not no that's maybe a bad example ironed oh scared um, like shocked there we go S- to be surprised surprised to be ironed. surprised i don't understand that one. and usually it means you're surprised about something impressive and i'm not really sure oh, why either. is that impressive but, to get stung by a murder hornet uh, I, uh maybe okay. i've never seen it happen <laughs> i don't know jared uh i have one more translatable mm-hmm. oh yes thank you thank you sir and it's pretty no Right, and well. it's uh, Irish. I'll just leave this. Yeah, right no, that's here. good. And it's uh, wreck the gaff. Do you know what any of those words mean on their own? A gaffer is like a coach, but I don't know what the gaff is. I don't know. Gaff. She. You might want to grab your coffee. She's probably gonna knock that over. Oh my she God. might. Oh. Yeah, no bacon for you, Prudy. This all could have been avoided if you just didn't let her come out here. Um, gaff is apparently irish for um house home or place 
Hmm. So wreck you- the gaff. House Homer Place. Wreck the House Homer Place. Hmm. This is good crunchy bacon, eh? You can like you can yeah. hear it. Sorry to our list all of our listeners if you're hungry. <laughs> we got um, some bacon, baby. Is it to Chad asked me if I want one or two slices and there must be seven on this uh <laughs> yep. on this plate. Yep. I'm not complaining. Me either. Go on, Prudy. Go on. That's hilarious that you thought that would work. Yep. All right. Give me a clue, Jared. I'm not really sure where to begin with this one. Wreck the gaff. Um, it means to... To, draw, to destroy something. <clears throat> no, to ha- gaff. Chad is... I'm so mad right now that you let this happen. Wreck the house? Because <laughs> you're, so, you're so distracted. I am. Um, wreck the gaff. So gaff is house. Wreck the house. Mm-hmm. So um, what... Um, Matt, what, what would what what do you think wreck that? That's what do you think that means? Like it's not it's to not have to a literally party. there you have go. a party. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thank okay. you. See, all I needed was just a little bit of focus. Yep. Sorry, this bacon yes. got me way distracted. And we would have gotten there. Way distracted. <laughs> oh, we really wrecked the gaff last night. And the the for the the sort of translation that they had for mm-hmm. it, they said uh, a night uh, a night out on the raz, <laughs> which is apparently on the raz. I a like night that. out partying for them. That's it. I like that. A night, a night out, out on, on the, the raz. raz. All right. <laughs> yeah okay honestly it probably sounds better coming out of our mouths as americans than it would as from their accent no, no it offense. might sound better from their mm, accent i maybe. don't know irish accents are cool man you think so yeah you know what i realized what's that not a huge fan of australian accents i'm gonna be mm. honest with you what about uh how do you feel about new zealand accents i don't hear it enough okay. to really have a strong I think they're opinion. a bit more I feel like subtle I've been hearing a lot of australian accents mm. recently for some okay. reason um, speaking, you know, that's a great segue into imposter syndrome. Uh, you know why? Because I thought of, uh, Madonna okay. when she moved why to, Madonna? uh, when she moved to, uh, England for a bit and, pe- and people are talking about how she started talking with a, uh, with a British accent, British accent. That doesn't really surprise me though, man. That seems like a form of imposter syndrome. To me. I don't know if it's a, is that imposter syndrome though? Or is it just trying to adjust to your environment? Mm. Oh, good point. You know, uh, I mean, I mean, look, I when I speak German, some of my German friends say I have a little bit of a I mean, obviously I still have somewhat of an American accent. But, you know, my my intonation and inflection sometimes is a bit more Austrian than it would be German. Um, and that's not because I'm trying to be Austrian. You know, that's where I spent the most time learning German. You know, we lived in you know, I lived in Vienna for like 10 months. You know, and so so I picked up on a lot of that. So so I don't know, but what does imposter syndrome mean to you, Jared? I'll tell you what, first of all, well, I'll tell you what it means to me, then I'll tell you what it actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, imposter syndrome to me is feeling like I'm um, feeling, a, a lo- feeling underqualified for something. Okay, your dog just pooped on the uh, yep. deck. Yep, I see that. Um, this is a lovely... Uh, Scenery for while I do a podcast is uh, Chad's uh, dog's anus. Now, <laughs> um, <that> w- <laughs> um, okay, so um, what the hell? Were- oh, imposter syndrome. <laughs> I oh, now Chad's dog is peeing, and now walking all over my stuff. This is this is lovely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Imposter syndrome. All right. Yeah, tell me what it is, Jared. I cannot explain the rage that is going through me right now. I'm kidding. <laughs> rage? Uh, why why no, are no, you kidding. angry? Um, 
So to me, it is like um, a lot of it is feeling underqualified, feeling like you don't belong in a position, whether Correct. that be some sort of artistic position, whether you're could a, be anything, famous, anything, yeah, in life, sure, really. yeah, any sort of anything. position that you're in, feeling mm-hmm. like you're underqualified, feeling like um, I feel like I've had this at a, at, at jobs where it's like I feel like I'm kind of just like um, like a. Uh, like like at any moment people are going to realize that uh, I actually have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Luckily I don't feel that now. But I've definitely had jobs Did you like, feel that in the beginning when you started for working sure. your actually, new job? For sure. I mean that there's always a bit of that where you're you're sort of like you're just playing catch up for at least a couple of months at any any, you know, sort of uh, not any job, but sort of any like office job. Right. Um and yeah, so there was definitely time when I would times where I where I was, where I was like, I feel like I should know this stuff at this point. Um, I've been here for I don't know six months, and I f- still feel like a little. I f- still feel new, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. But I never felt like um, I never felt like I was like I didn't like it, like they'd catch me or something. Like I still kind of felt like, felt like. I mean, there's a lot to learn, and you learn over time. It's not like you just learn everything at once and then you know it. Right. That's not really how it works. Um, so I didn't really feel. I didn't, I didn't really get that imposter syndrome. But I, I've definitely had jobs like my first job. Where I felt like I was in over my head, mm. and um, but I don't I know if that might actually been, but I don't know if that's actually imposter syndrome though. If I, I actually can't do the job, well, I think being <laughs> in over your head and imposter syndrome are two very different things. So do I have to be good at the job? No, and no, no. Still I feel think, like I think imposter syndrome simply means you are qualified. Yeah, you're you're in. You know, you're in the right job. You're qualified. Mm-hmm. You know, or. You know, I think people have imposter syndrome for everything. So, know? so because I actually do think that this job wasn't the right fit for me, it doesn't mm-hmm. really count, quote unquote. Yeah, because you weren't looking at yourself and thinking, "I'm not good enough for this." It was, "Oh crap, this isn't right for me," or "This right, is over I can't, my yeah, head." Yeah. That's different than okay. saying, you know, that would be like me saying imposter syndrome for me would me going somewhere, starting to teach, and being like, "I, I don't think I'm," a, a, and it's not even good enough. I think it's is I don't think uh, I think someone else should be here i'm i'm you know i was their second or third choice you know i'm there i'm not really the the one they really wanted really oh i think i i, I it's funny that you think about it that way because i think about it more like like uh like i'm not like they're gonna know they're gonna find out like i don't know it. They're, like they're gonna catch me and realize i don't know what well, I'm talking i think about. that's i think that's what goes on in someone's head mm. in that situation absolutely yeah because i feel that way even at my job now i guess maybe i do still have some imposter syndrome now that i think about it like a like a lot of times like it's my, my quote-unquote department is me and essentially in another person and a lot of times um like we do the same thing, but he like he's the senior person. He's my boss, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously been doing it way longer. He knows it better than me. Um, and he'll have me do things where I'll be like, I mean, you can like a little like I don't really say this, but often I want to be like, I mean, you can just like how about you just do it? It's like I don't need like I don't need to take the credit. Like he's always trying to make sure I take credit, which is this is what a good boss does, by the way. <laughs> like these are all good things. I'm not complaining, but just because I don't I don't like the like the attention. But you kind of need it if you want to, I guess, progress in any company. People need to know who you are. So, um, so like, I get why it happens. But I, I'm always kind of like, I always get uncomfortable when I'm ever, whenever I, especially when I have to present something, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, they're gonna ask me a question, and, and I'm immediately not gonna know the answer, and they're gonna find out that I don't really know this stuff that I'm putting right. together as well as I, uh, as as well as I'm like, pres- like pres- supposed to or like you know pretending right. to. I think, and I think imp- uh, a small level of imposter syndrome is actually maybe a, is actually healthy because mm. I think it, 
I think when you really care about any job you have or anything you do, whether it's a, whether it's a hobby, um, you know, what, whatever it may be, um, I think a lot of people, uh, if you really care about something, you know, maybe for example, say, say you want to get into martial arts, right? And then you, you work your butt off and you get a pretty good belt, right? And then you go to some tournament and you see all these other really talented martial artists and you think, oh, I, I didn't deserve this. I didn't earn this. You know, I don't belong to be here. I don't, you know, I'm an imposter. You know, I, someone else should be here over me because I'm not, you know, and I think a lot of imposter syndrome has to do with self-confidence, but also I think, as I said, a little, a small amount of imposter syndrome, I think can be healthy to the point where it really makes you realize like it humbles you a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. Because, because because the opposite might be you thinking you're better than everyone, which is definitely not the case, no matter right. who you are, really. Right. The thing about sports is, I don't, I don't uh, attribute. Is that maybe a bad example? I don't attribute imposter syndrome to sports because it's a, like a, a essentially a scientifically proven thing. So like if you're LeBron James or if you're Lewis Hamilton, a Formula One, right. where it's like, it's you can't dispute that these are the best. That some of the best players, right? Because they have the record to prove it. But so I now maybe also, now maybe there there could still be some of that. I'm not saying, but right. I, I don't. Just me personally, I don't attribute sports because it's like that's provable. It's I, like, I right. I I will say this though about imposter syndrome though, Jared. I think I think people we see at the top of the top. I could be wrong, but I would be willing to bet you some of these people, these upper echelon athletes and these extraordinary people. I wonder if they actually have imposter syndrome. Maybe they do. You can go for it, dude. No, I would actually use the paper towel oh. just to dry off my. Gotcha. My finger. You want me to go grab some real quick? No, it's okay. Um, but I yeah. just use my elbow. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm. But I'm. Hmm. Now that makes me think. I wonder if there probably is. Right, because because I can't imagine like LeBron James being like being like, oh yeah, I don't belong to be here. You know. Yeah, but like, did you when watch you're at the, that level? Did you watch the Last Dance? I didn't, but I heard I a bunch of people talk mm-hmm. about it. But it seemed like Michael Jordan had no imposter syndrome. No, not at all. Yeah, and I want. I feel like. That's kind of the same thing with like Tiger Woods, right? I mean, now these are the greatest. Literally Roger, the greatest. Roger Federer. I highly doubt Roger Federer has imposter syndrome. Like we're or like Cristiano Ronaldo. We're literally right. naming the greatest in the world at, right. in these sports, right. but like upper echelon guys. But like yeah. like these are even the upper echelon of the upper upper echelon. Right, the top of the top. Right. Now I can imagine maybe like athletes that are are like middling athletes maybe sure. feeling some imposter syndrome. Could be where it's like yeah maybe like someone that's not a a star could feel like yeah there's probably a you know, a college player or some mm. amateur somewhere that could take my spot. Right. Well, I, th- I think the other thing about imposter syndrome is, uh, at least I-, I think the first time I really experienced imposter syndrome in a way was graduate school. Mm, because I could imagine because that. Because I was sitting in a classroom with people 5, 10, 15 years older than me with so much more life experience, more teaching experience, just more knowledge in general, that, that there were definitely days where I would sit down in class and think to myself and go, and go like, wow. Am I out of my league? Right. Right. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I think at the end of the day, you have to give yourself the benefit of the doubt and mm. say, you know what? I am here. Uh, a lot of times we get imposter syndrome, I think, because it's you are in a position because of other people's choices. You know, you're selected for a job. You're selected for a project. You're selected for a team. Something like this, right? Where you think, um, you know, I think when we do things more on our own accord, Right. There's less aptitude to feel imposter syndrome because you did it yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, if you write an album, uh, um, you know, a record and you and it hits big and you get famous. Right. 
I don't really think there's a level of imposter syndrome because, mm. in theory, you 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 created See, I, that yourself. I, I got a hard disagree? disagree on that. Okay, because I feel like there's space. There's so much more space for imposter syndrome. I feel like in any sort of creative endeavor. Because I would agree with that. Yeah, it's different than sports in the sense where sports, your your sort of quality, quote unquote, of an athlete can be proved. Um, just by the stats, by their you know, this person has right. the most this, the most that, the most wins, the most whatever it is, rebounds. But but in art, any sort of art, financial financial success is not directly attribute, not directly related to talent. True, you're right. Sometimes it is. Now, obviously, that plays a role in mm-hmm. that, and, and talent is a is an aspect of it. But a lot of times, it's not most. It's not like a one-to-one sort of connection there. So I feel like there's a lot more space to be like, to be like either I have the number one album, but I know, or I feel like this person really is a much better artist than me. Or like if I listen to my music in comparison to this, like, like I'm a, I'm, I don't know, I'm a guitarist and I'm, I'm very successful, but I, you know, I can't do what, you know, I'm not, I'm not really changing the game like Jimi Hendrix did. I'm just a, you know, a very successful so you know, I don't know. I feel like there's so much more space when it's when when Billboard charts doesn't is not a sign of quality or, or sort of, of yeah of talent right. yeah. Especially since there's so many pop stars that literally don't even know how to sing. Right, right. <laughs> or there's so many like pop whatever. I mean, there's so many like like um, artists, like actors even that people mm-hmm. like like wholeheartedly shit on like all the time but it's like yeah but these people are still millionaires you know (laughs) like but we but like you might not consider it high art of 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 any sort of genre right so and and, and then there's also i think even the other side of having no money but being but feeling like but but i don't know be having no i don't know not money having no sort of acclaim no sort of broad-based acclaim and sort of like in comedy you know they call them like the comedians the comedians where it's like these people aren't famous but these people aren't like the the biggest in the industry but um they're the ones that all the comedians love to watch when they're all right. and hanging they respect, out at the club right and they're like oh we all want to watch this person uh, like oh yeah or we respect this person mm-hmm. but they're not the most famous person right. there i mean i there are tons of guitarists like that too sure i mean yeah. everyone that has some sort of any hobby that they're deeply genre into or, yeah exactly knows way past just the ones that everyone knows right but see that's the that's a crazy thing though i think about imposter syndrome is that um I think a lot of uh, uh, people, it comes, it comes from, sorry, I'm getting tangled in all my cables here. Uh, I wish this was all wireless. I think one day we'll get there, Jared, somehow. I It'll think be it's all doable, wireless. but something about the wires just makes me feel very comfortable, mm. like, like there's less that can go wrong. That's fair. Anyways, uh, uh, one of the things about imposter syndrome, too, is um, I think a lot of young people, I don't know if you, I wonder if people experience imposter syndrome as they get older, because I feel like a lot of this might also have to do with your own confidence and self-worth and when you're young and you're still working on your career and progressing through life i think you can be you know i i'm a firm believer in apply to jobs that you probably won't get but just apply because you know who knows what will happen yeah with with the fellowship i didn't honestly think i was going to get it i I figured you know what apply worst case i get it best case or, or sorry worst case i don't get it best case scenario you know it and i figured you know with now i've been teaching for i think about six years and, you know, the fellowship, we had, I forget how many applicants there were, but just the, the numbers aren't really on your side. I mean, I feel that I felt that way about With your current job. Yeah, mm-hmm. about a lot of the jobs, not even just that one, but about a lot of the jobs I applied to where it's like, 
one especially when you don't have a job it's just like um you know it's uh, like all right and, and you kind of need one <laughs> it's like all right let's just uh, see what's out there uh, yeah mm-hmm. cast a wide berth right. right and see what comes back and it's like yeah this might seem a little bit uh, above me but if they but if they uh offer it to me i guess i won't say no you know right and so there definitely is some of that um let's talk uh, let's do you, and i think a lot of it also goes back to like um it's like how you're raised too. It's like I, I don't know. A lot of people in general aren't raised to be confident or have any confidence in That's themselves. That's true. And I feel like a lot of it comes with um, having confidence in yourself to know that you can mm-hmm. do something. And I feel like that's that's not a common trait for a lot of people. Right. I don't think that's a common trait. Especially yeah, if you don't have confidence in one's abilities. Right. If you don't have encouraging parents, that can be a big issue. I had a I had a friend that I went to high school with. I got a big plane coming overhead. This has been quite an episode, you know. It has really been, hasn't been it? It's, yeah, well, <laughs> trying out this earlier morning routine, Jared, and it's, it's changed us up a little bit. Um, but anyways, so I had a friend, for example, in high school who was, in my opinion, smarter than I was, more athletic than I was. He, he had everything going for him. Oh, thanks, but, dude. You that know, was college, but uh, I appreciate Right, it. yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and so uh, his name rhymed with a schmerid. Um, oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God, I saved it. Oh, ooh. Oh, oh, watch yourself. Um, oh, my gosh. And the Baconator over here. <laughs> um, anyways, so my, my buddy from high school, though, you know, he had so much potential. But he would get B's and C's in school. And his, his not really his dad, but his mom would be like, oh, wow, I'm impressed you even got a C. Mm. Um, you know, and my parents, the way they Damn. talked to me <laughs> was was stuff like, you know, I think you did you try your best and, and you know, can you do better? See, that's interesting. Yeah. That's terrible, by the way. What, it is. What his parents said. Right. My parents were. Um, I, I think it wasn't. It wasn't healthy either, but it was better than being like. Um, but it almost felt like with my parents a lot of times with grades specifically, like it was never good enough. You know, mm. like unless there were straight A's, which I never got in right. my life. Like it wasn't good enough. Yeah, I wasn't straight A's either. And so, like, I feel mm-hmm. like I got. They're like, oh well, I mean that's all right, but like you could definitely do better than that. And I was like, I thought that was pretty good. And and so, but but they always you know caution like, oh we we know you can do better than that. We right. know you're 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 a better student. You know and that sort of BS. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I'm like I'm the one in school. Um, but that uh, that I think that's unhealthy too. But I think that uh, at least they had, fa- you know, at least they had faith in me. <laughs> right, right. Well, I, th- I think the other thing with imposter syndrome is, I'm just trying to remember, you know, when I really felt like I had imposter syndrome. Um, I think the other thing is uh, we compare ourselves too much to others. But you know, I think, and and maybe this sounds cheesy and cliche, Jared, and feel free to, to you know, uh, troll me if you want. But I do think that everyone can bring something different of value to the table. You and I, we could. I mean, look, we're both German majors, right? But I think what you and I can do and bring to the table with German is different because we have different skill sets. We've used it in different ways, yeah. you know? Um, so so I think that's the thing with imposter syndrome is I think we look at ourselves and think, well, Steve is doing X, Y, and Z, and I can't do that, so I'm not good enough. I'm an imposter, mm-hmm. right? I don't deserve I think the, I think the sentence that a lot of imposter syndrome people deal with is the idea, I don't deserve to be here. Right. Um, they picked me. It was a fluke. Right. It was a fluke. I don't deserve to be here. Um, you know, and I think some people when they really have bad imposter syndrome, because I remember talking to a, a good friend of mine and a colleague in graduate school. And, and they said, you know, I 
a lot of times I feel like I'm going to wake up one day and they're going to be like, 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 haha, like you've been punked or like jokes on you. <laughs> yeah. You know, this, you know, you're just a fluke and you know, and I think people who really have severe imposter syndrome have to learn how to cope with this and, and realize that yeah. they, they can bring value, but you just have to ask yourself how, what are my strengths and what value can I bring to the table for whatever situation they're worried about being an imposter in? Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think uh, uh, the, the struggle with that is, especially here in the U.S., we live in a culture where it's you're not you are not we're not really set up set up to cultivate our like um, I don't know at least I feel like we're not really set up to cultivate a lifestyle where we can figure out what it is we're really good at, especially if you go on that college track. Right. It's just like unless right, you really out, know what you want to do, you got you got you got four years to yeah uh, so yeah, but I think most people don't. Right. Well, got, and and I think a lot of people that think they do probably end up don't doing anything similar to what they thought they wanted to do in college. That needs to be an episode. That was me. Right. Me me too in a lot of ways. We need to do an episode on that. Like yeah, we should do a what totally you should. should know before you go to college. Yeah. Uh, what, okay. Yeah. Text that all right. I'll do it. I'll do all it. Right. I'll yeah, do text it. it to me. Yeah, what you should know before you go to college. Because yeah, I I mean, look, me being 28 now, you know, being removed from undergrad for what I was twenty two when I graduated, so six years, six years out of undergrad. I think uh, there's a lot of things that, you know, yeah. So so let's explore that a little bit at do some you, point. That so would be fun. What do you know about the sort of the idea of or or, or shall I say phenomenon? Mm-hmm. Phenon- phenom- phenomena. Phenomenon. That's what they call it. The phenomenon mm-hmm. of imposter of this imposter syndrome thing. What, what, what did do you do you like? At least for me, it was just something that I I didn't like. I just sort of knew it just based off of context clues and right. hearing other people talk about it in life. Right. But I never really knew what it where it came from. Do you know where it comes from? Because I do. Oh, I have no I have no idea. When do you think imposter syndrome became a thing? Prop. Oh, good question. Good question, Jared. When did it become a? Think about you know culture. When I, maybe I, I would say maybe the last I don't know maybe twenty years. Or it doesn't go no, back longer. Go further than that, it's not ancient, but okay. further than that, fifty years. Yeah, about that. What, okay. what was that? Well, I'm trying to think. Sixties, seventies. I, I can't do math anymore because we're in 2020. Right. Uh, that would be 1970. Yeah, sure. It was 1978. Okay. Is when this first and so in psychology, was, I'm assuming, right? Uh, yeah, I believe mm-hmm. so. Uh, history of imposter phenomenon is what it was originally called. Okay. The term imposter phenomenon was introduced in 1978. In the article, The Imposter Phenomenon and High Achieving Women Dynamics and the, uh, Therapeutic Intervention by Dr. Pauline R. Clance and Dr. Suzanne mm. A. Imes, Clance and Imes define imposter phenomenon as an individual experience or self-perceived intellectual yep. phoniness, fraud. Yep. Mm-hmm. The researchers investigated the prevalence of all this internal experience by interviewing a sample of 150 high-achieving women. All of the participants had been formally organized for their professional uh, excellence by colleagues and had displayed uh, academic achievement through through degrees earned and standardized testing scores. Despite the consistent evidence of external validation, these women, women lacked the internal acknowledgement of their accomplishments. The participants explained how their success was a result of luck and other mm-hmm. others yep. simply overestimating the intelligence and abilities. Cha- uh, Clance and Imes believed uh, that this mental framework for imposter syndrome developed 
from factors such as gender stereotypes, early family dynamics, culture, and, a- and attribution style. The researchers determined that the women who experienced imposter phenomenon showcased symptoms related to depression, generalized anxiety, and mm. self yep. uh, low self-confidence. Yep. It makes sense yep. to me also... Now I didn't know this until I looked this up. This is just on Wikipedia. I didn't do. I didn't read any papers, but um, it, it makes sense to me that they would start this with a uh, a marginalized commu- uh, sure. uh, group of the po- like population. I feel like this study would work for any sort of marginalized. It'd be group. interesting just to see in general what the numbers would be. You know, in different like communities. Yeah, how, like imposter syndrome right. from community. I community. also wonder. You know, are yeah. very successful men do they have this? And I would, <laughs> I would be willing to bet they probably don't. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that because mm-hmm. I wrote down: Does the do, do you think? Uh, first of all, does our current U.S. president mm-hmm. experience imposter syndrome? Nope. Do nope. you think? Doubt it. Any sort of president that you can think of in your li- our lifetime experiencing imposter syndrome probably not i kind of feel like those two things can't go together right because i feel like if i that you have to experience i I don't know because i feel like there's so much focus on me and there's so much hey look at me hey this is why what i hey this is how i can save you this is how i can fix your life this is what i can do for you you need me i this other person and this is I mean, this our president right now is doing this to the max, but this is any right. presidential campaign. Sure. You have to do this. Yeah, you have to. I'm better than this person because of this. This person is going to ruin uh, our, our country, and I am going to fix it and make it better. That level of confidence, right. I feel like, is uh, 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 like uh, an antonym to uh, imposter, <laughs> imposter syndrome. syndrome. Yeah. That's I can't true. imagine how how any how that could how that could go together because you kind of got to be kind of a, a psycho to want to be bit. the president. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, your normal run of the mill person, yeah, is not going to become president. And so, for I, sure. and so, I thought about the president at first because that's sort of the obvious one to me of mm-hmm. like lack of imposter syndrome. But then I think about like Mark Zuckerberg. Like, do you think he feels it, or like Jack Bill from Gates? Twitter or Bill Gates? Probably not. I feel like, I feel like Bill Gates maybe. Or for someone like Bill Gates, I feel like no, because that's a company built off of um, that's a company built off of like technology and and once right. again a a product. Right. Like like it's sort of a. I know he's not he's not physically there. But see here, here's, making anything right. or like like he's not actively working there anymore. Right. But for the, but he made his money off of a product. Mm-hmm. But like who is oh but like Zuckerberg he's um. He's like in court talking about like uh like in like the highest levels of court talking about like uh and I was like this Privacy guy is just a guy collection. that's essentially stole an idea right. for a, a website right and I was right. like I feel like this guy must feel like he's in way above his head that, <laughs> yeah but I once again I think being in over your head and imposter syndrome are different hmm. I think they're very different so you think an imposter hmm. what what I mean is I think you can. Beaten over your head, and that's why you might feel like an imposter. But I, d- but I think you can also not feel like an imposter and just be overwhelmed and have too much okay, on your plate. That's you fair. know, that's fair. Um, yeah, but what that's I wanted to mention too. Sure, I would agree. I feel but, like that's a little sem- semantics almost. Yeah, but it 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 does exist. I think <laughs> uh, the the other issue with imposter syndrome is um, people not seeing their value. As I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. I think the lack of value. You know, if you think about. If you think about even a president, so if we look at the president example, technically they are giving a ton of value. You know, I mean, you yeah. are you are leading a country. 
that's pretty important. That's a lot of value. And I think for a healthy person with a low level of imposter syndrome would be like, this is too much, like this is too much value that's right being put onto me. Right. Or too much responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder too with the responsibilities, how that plays with imposter syndrome. Because right. if you have a lot of responsibilities, you might think I can't, you know, but once again, this goes back to being overwhelmed, I guess. I can't handle all these responsibilities. But I even think about that mm-hmm. at, yeah, that's that's how I feel about like at any sort of major, you know, I guess we mentioned it with like Jeff Bezos and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like any sort of major company where it's like where you're, spe- where it's like, you know, I work at a major company and I know how these, C- like I know what these, these CEOs are, are especially the, the CEO of these companies mm-hmm. Uh, at least at my company, and I think a lot of companies, like they're, they're not making bank. They, well, of course, <laughs> all the way to the bank. But they're not like actively like like um, like making these like hands-on decisions, even on like the product that the that right. the that the giant company puts out. Sure, like they're more of like they they're more of like the president of the United States of the company. Like they're mm-hmm. the spokesperson, right? And they're sort of like the ultimate like they're the image. They're yeah, the, yeah, the front, and, and, the face. and it's yeah. and it's more like a it's more like a political position. Like there are very high up, like like other C-level employees at companies like this that are, that are actually like making sort of actual decisions on what's right. coming up. But I feel like that's not the CEO a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Now, it obviously depends on companies and stuff. But I, but that's just such a interesting place to be where it's like you, ha- like you you have such a wide scope and sort of such a bit like a far away understanding even of how this company operates. Right. Um, like I, I always wonder how does that person feel like, you know, and I, and I know because I, I work in a place where sometimes I give presentations, not to a CEO, but to like high up people and they just present what people give to them. And I always, I always feel like, like, how do you, how do people do that? And I, and I, I must be nice to be honest. But I, I feel like there would be, you're not a, doing the work. Uh, oh no, I can't do it. Oh anymore. wow. <laughs> Thank you. you thanks. <laughs> um, I feel like there has to be some sort of, um, like like that's something that I struggle to understand. I feel like I I and, and like obviously we I understand how everyone understand how this works. They're not like oh did they make all of this, but it's just like presenting stuff where you even kind of have a general understanding of how this information came to like how this data and all this knowledge came together. You know you're not that's an our engineer. president and you're not in a nutshell right <laughs> but there. But that's a lot of people, and right. I just I don't I I feel like that's I don't understand that right. And, and and it does make sense to me, and I do find it interesting mm-hmm. that it that the study did start with women. You know right. Where it's like there was a long there was a long period of history, most of history, even still mm-hmm. current day, where they're not really valued in the workspace, and they're sort of their their quality of work is expected to be. You know, is just off the bat expected to be right. lower. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. I guess the last thing I want to mention about imposter syndrome is, I wonder if it really continues on after a certain age. Like, I wonder mm-hmm. after, like after either a certain age or a certain amount of work experience. Because, like, if you get, get enough work experience, I can't imagine, unless you got some crazy job that you really shouldn't have gotten, I can't imagine why you would feel like an imposter. You I know? think I think for art, it's never ending. For art, it probably isn't. You're right. But I feel um, like I, st- I could, you know, why I can still see it in in like these companies that you know people. Now there are these times. Actually, where- you know what? I'm going to disagree with you, Jared. Because think about it. Think about your Grammy-winning musicians. Mm-hmm. Okay. The like I'm thinking, especially guitar players. Now this is why I'm changing my mind. Is because I think about some of these musicians who have won, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine Grammys. Do you? Do you? I really. But once again, we're talking about the upper echelon. I don't think the upper echelon people. Maybe we're wrong. 
Maybe, mm-hmm. hopefully, one day if we get to the upper echelon, we'll know. I think but, you're wrong. I, 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 because I. Do you I, really I, think John Mayer thinks he's an imposter, though? Or Alicia Keys? Yeah, but or Dr. Dre or Eminem. I don't think every single artist does, but I don't think I, I don't think it's an uncommon thing. And and um, and and I don't know. We don't know. Like I think these people's outward sort of uh, persona persona is one thing. Like you know, that's Snoop true. Dog or or any sort of rapper, especially if you talk about rappers, uh-huh. uh, like. Um, they're a part of being a rapper is that confidence and that persona. I mean, you know, they're not and and, and they're not talking about like a lot of rappers don't really talk about their mental health, you know, and they're right. not talking about True. How, and, and and so I I would I would believe that because now I'm not saying now obviously I'm not saying all of them do, but I think it would be more prevalent than you might think because once again it's not just the the awards that are. Um, that are determining your quality of, of work. Right. Because I feel like every every genre has those people that are it's like, how is it that this person doesn't have a Grammy? How is it that this person doesn't have an Oscar? Right. Like that exists in every That's form. true. And it's like this person's been around for 20, 30 years and they've and when when we know that they've changed the game, but how is it that they haven't Right. That's true. But I also think if you can if you can make a living doing art or music and if you are um I don't know what word to use here because I don't think happy is the right word. But I think if you're proud of the work you create or produce, right. I think it's. Well, I that's think the thing. that would diminish the likelihood of be feeling like an imposter. You but know, I like, think I think yeah. if you if you're experiencing imposter syndrome, you then you probably need to work on your mental health to some level. So I think oh, for sure I, I think agree. you can beat quote unquote imposter syndrome mm-hmm. if you work on your mental health a little bit. You know, um, right. and I think that. Imposter syndrome still does exist in the corporate world because sure, and a lot of the, and and because you talked about how you know once they reach a certain level and they actually achieved it, even in the corporate world, a lot of these positions like um, these people aren't like you know occasionally you hear about the person that's like oh I've worked at this company I started off in the mailroom or I started off on right. the assembly line and now the I'm the CEO boy, yeah. right. Right. Yeah, now yeah, now I'm now I'm Papa John. Um, <laughs> actually, I think he just started that company, but um, <laughs> but um, but I but uh, I think a, a lot. Oh, the, but then there's also a lot of these positions where it's like, no. Also, there are a lot of CEOs that have been at this company for like two years, four years, five mm-hmm. years, and they just got hired in because they performed very well at a different company in a different industry. Industries. Right. It's like. I've like I've seen I've been at multiple companies where people have jumped like you know these high up people oh this person worked at in a completely different industry but they you know in the same department mm-hmm. and they did a very good job in that department in a shoe in, in the fashion industry or in the food industry or whatever um, so I can imagine where it's like yeah like maybe I'm I don't know but now I'm wondering yeah but then maybe it doesn't have really any, it's less about the product and it's more about how you sell a product or how you. Mm-hmm produce a product like you like yeah so i don't know i think it just depends on one's mental health that's true and i feel like everyone that has that's everyone ever, I, I think it is healthy to f- experience a low level of imposter syndrome definitely syndrome. keeps you humble i yeah. think it keeps you working hard too yeah it keeps you motivated too because it doesn't make because at least for me i've i definitely you made me think that maybe i do actually have more imposter syndrome than i think mm. and i think it, <laughs> that wasn't my intention here jared <laughs> i think it makes me uh sort of a i don't know i don't know if perfectionist is the right word because i still make a lot of mistakes mm. but it makes me more but like you strive for that 
perfection or something. I think you just strive for, you know, you want to put something strive for a good quality. Chad, you're yeah. right. There you, no, yeah. Listen, I don't want <laughs> Nowhere to sugarcoat it. <laughs> but, but no, you do put out, I think, I do think, laugh all you want, Jared, but I do think that. I mean, it's a ridiculous thing for someone to say about themselves, unless you're in an interview, I feel like. I, I strive I, for excellence. I guess, but 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 why? I, I think know. that should be a good. You should be able to I'm say that. <laughs> That's <laughs> See, why. There, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Um, but yeah, well, Jared, um, should we move on to our song in the pod? Yeah, yeah. I heard about. I I heard the song. Yeah, tell us tell us the story about it. <sighs> I was going to get a microwave for my sister the other day. She moved to Philadelphia recently, and um, by the way, I went one year without a microwave. Not that uh, honestly, now that I have the microwave, I'm like this just takes up space. I don't really need it. Right. I haven't used it once. I mean, it's I've had it for some two pe- days. Some people point. say it's not very healthy to actually reheat things with a microwave. I don't know what the science is on I, that, but I spent I lived in Germany for a number of years. It wasn't it wasn't uncommon not to have a microwave. I mean, they weren't rare, right. but it wasn't weird not to have one. Right. Um. And when I left Philly, because the the place that I had in Philly came with a built in one, so mm-hmm. I just didn't have one. Right. When I came back, I'm like, hey, let's just see how long I can go. I don't need one, and I don't have a lot of counter space. So back to the song of the pod. So now so I have a microwave, and I drove to Ann Arbor to get it the other day. <laughs> and the song, a song that my partner put on, was by this guy named uh, Ikenna. Ikenna, yes. And uh, I mean, he he's a musician, but he's not. That's not like what he's it's not known the only for. Thing that's he not does. the only thing he's right. known for. That's not. His uh, quote unquote, you know, claim to fame, I guess. But he he is a uh, a polyglot, mm-hmm. and he uh, knows a bunch of languages. So sometimes he just makes songs, uh, like in his you know in his room uh, in different languages. And I heard this one in the car, and I, I kind of was dancing along to this. I was it's, like, Who is it's this? definitely a good and one. And he, I think he's from Nigeria, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, the song is in French, and he's just a uh, uh, you know is a f- French singing guy. And I, I like it. I like it. It's good. It's not like it's not. It's honestly probably not something that I would put onto my iPod only because um, I. <laughs> that was the oldest thing I might have ever said in my life, and it's actually right. not that old. But that was not a real old. Put it thing on a cassette say. tape. I would not put it onto my iPod, mm. um, only because like. Um, as like the, the beat kind of gets like I don't know. It's just I mean it's not like. Is, is the the you don't come you don't come to listen to the song for the beat but why would you listen to the song I like I, well because of the polyglotness I love the, sp- the the I love the switching back and forth it's uh-huh. it is French good. and English and it is it is it is good especially even better when you when you hear that uh, he's a polyglot and that's not mm-hmm. his language and he just likes to sort of you know play around with making music in different languages because he knows it's pretty cool them. and I was skimming through the comments Hard on YouTube uh, I was skimming through the comments on YouTube and so many French people were commenting saying like your French is better than mine you have great French you know thank you for writing the song with French and English and uh, I, I think it's very safe to say we are both big supporters on any music that is multilingual bilingual um, it's really awesome. And, and the beauty of music and language is it gives it a different timbre, which is like a different color or sound to it. You know, if you sing in English mm-hmm. versus, versus French, you could sing essentially something that means exactly the same thing. But because of the pronunciation and the consonants and the vowels and everything, it will have a completely different sound. That's a great um, point. Yeah. It's a great way to, sorry, Chad's parents just keep bringing us bacon. It's a great way. I'll say this. This is how I know that we're definitely getting comfortable on this podcast. <laughs> we're sitting outside. <laughs> we're eating bacon. Your dog just shat in front of me. Um, that is a great point. It, it's a great way to switch up the mood. Switching languages 
mm-hmm. in in a song is a great way to switch up the mood or vibe of a song of a song without actually switching up like the um I don't know the the I don't want to say message because that's making that seems a little too high and mighty the theme no it's a message though okay yeah or the lyrics yeah the, and the, yeah I, I I it's it's a great way to yeah I, it's a great tool that you can use um like a sound tool to use I I, I like that thank you thanks I'm good thank you. All right, yeah, but it it is a great song. Uh, I the guy has a really great voice. I yeah, really really singer. like the sound of his voice. And he rapped a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. So check it out. Um, and it, well, the, we didn't even tell him the title. Can you say it, Jared? Since you're the one with more French experience, it's it means I don't know in French. Yeah. Je crois pas. Je crois pas. I should have taken a sip. Yep. Je crois pas. I think not. I don't mm-hmm. think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Check it out on our YouTube channel, Untranslatable Podcast, at the Song of the Pod playlist. It's definitely a good one, and I'm sure um, uh, he has that. a lot of other good music as well. I haven't checked it out yet, but I would imagine so. Yeah, um, I know and, he has a song in Dutch as well. Oh, cool. That'd be interesting. Uh, Dutch Dutch music is always pretty fascinating. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So check that out. Uh, let us know what you think, and it is definitely a fantastic song. Now, yeah. So to recap today's episode about imposter syndrome, um, like we said, I think a, a small dose of imposter syndrome is good. It'll keep you humble, keep you motivated, but too much of it can definitely take a toll on your mental health. Um, I've definitely seen a few colleagues of mine, um, you know, have some difficulties when they started, you know, a new position or something. Really? Um, yeah. Don't be afraid to reach out to your friends and your family. Um, because I think a lot of times we, we don't realize our value or why we were chosen for something sometimes. Uh, it's very easy to, we're, we're usually our first critics, Jared, at the end of the day, usually, mm-hmm. not always, but at least I know I am, uh, I think you are too. Um, if Seems it's, like it. Yeah. And so, so you know, don't be afraid to ask for outside help if you really are struggling oh, yeah. with imposter syndrome. I never do um, that. Do you ask right. for help? Do you go to- Oh, yeah. You have mentors? I have some friends, that, you know, f- I'm very close with my family. Do you have um, like mentors in, in, in your industry? Um. Other than my old like master's thesis mentors, not really. I mm. should look into some. That's a good idea. Um, I got one. Um, like like my my company has like a whole bunch of different programs where you can you know they can pair you up with a mentor. Mm-hmm. And I, I have you should one. do it. Oh, I you did. Did oh, great. I did, but it's sort of fallen by the wayside since mm. the quarantine. Oh, that's it's fair. a little bit. I, I don't know. I keep I keep meaning to email him. Just just, just reach out. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I've. You know, there's a lot of good. Maybe that's another potential episode idea. Why? Why we all need a mentor? Why we? I'll send this one. Why we yes. all need a mentor? But yeah, I think I think a mentor would help with imposter syndrome. Um, I think at the end of the day, we also need to be brutally honest with ourselves sometimes and and realize that um, it might you might be overwhelmed or you might have a lot of work ahead of you, but you are good enough. Mm-hmm. I think imposter syndrome a lot of times come from uh, the the thought that we think we aren't good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. Very good. Wow, that was beautiful. Uh, do you want to? Uh, oh, you're you're um texting you the. Yeah. So everyone, uh, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how to end an episode. All right, well let's <laughs> let's end it then, Jared. We we got our plane flying overhead. They're dropping off our uh, untranslatable goods for the next episode anyway, so we got to pick that up. So uh, so yeah, so let us know what you think about imposter syndrome. 
uh, at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. I would really love to hear what have you done to either overcome imposter syndrome or what put you in that position where you felt that way. And if there's any way we can help, let us know. Um, you know, we're not uh, gurus or anything, but I would like to think between the two of our brains, we can give you some solid advice. Yeah. So let us know. Check us out on Twitter, Untranslatable One, the number one um, for episode updates and all sorts of other good stuff. This guy's uh, brilliant wit and sense of humor is also on full display on Twitter. So check it out. You can find us on Instagram uh, as well, Untranslatable Podcast. You can see uh, beautiful views, clips, and all sorts of other great stuff. So. Let us know what we can do to make this podcast better for you. And please, five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. So as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, Dekuyame, muchas gracias, shisha, and dos vidanya. No imposters here today, Jared. That's for sure. Did you feel like an imposter when we first started our podcast? Uh, no, but that's because uh, no one listened. So <laughs> That's fair. That's like, I don't know. And I also... Uh, I look at it as doing it for fun anyways. That's also why I don't like it when you say things like I bring facts. Because <laughs> I don't, I don't want I don't want to have some sort of responsibility mm, to the people. That's fair. You know? Can't be an imposter if there's no responsibilities, Jared. <laughs> exactly. That's true. It's like, why are you coming true. to us for anything other than <laughs> just to listen to just something? Come, yeah, come to us for entertainment. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we do try to give some, some teachable moments. At least I do. Sure, sure. I feel like you also... Maybe that's not your intent, but you also do it. Maybe it is your intent, but I feel like you also do it throughout sure episodes. well that's i mean i like that about like that's why we choose a topic i guess you know right that's true otherwise we'd just be talking yeah i think there's, there's gotta talk. be a topic you know yeah especially yeah, as two dudes just rambling you kind of gotta do yeah. some sort of topic yeah guys. oh without a doubt without a doubt cool all well, right that's the beginning of our uh, podcast in 101